Hello, I'm James Erskine. I'm the presenter of Rocket Fuel, the podcast series that interviews people that have affected youth marketing and youth culture. This week, we're joined by Annie McCosker and Izzy Fernandez, and they're from the community youth organisation Flair. We talk about how brands connect with Gen Z audiences. We talk about community youth organisations and we talk about social action in general. And we then ask Annie and Izzy for their rocket fuel. So this week's guests are Izzy Fernandez and Annie McCosker. And they're from Flair. Izzy, Annie, thank you so much for joining us on Rocket Fuel. Hi, James. Thanks so much for having us. That's great. So we've got uh, two guests on the show this week. So what we're going to do is alternate questions and jump around a little bit. But why don't you go first, Izzy? Bring to life your journey so far and how have you ended up doing what you're doing? Hi, James. Excited to be here. How have I how have I ended up here? I sometimes wonder myself when we've got a hundred things going on and I'm like, this is madness. I think for me, working with young people and doing volunteering and outreach has always been a big part of my life. Um, my parents both worked for the NHS. So from a young age, I've been really, I suppose exposed to medical parents who um, also ran a couple of youth charities, particularly working with young people who with disabilities. Now, I got really involved with them from a young age and then went on to do volunteering in various different walks of life. Um, and then I think moving into a career um, in the corporate world, just really wanted to see how I could kind of use some of that passion, interest in those experiences um, and think about, I suppose, bringing other parts of my creative and skills um, and maybe a bit of entrepreneurship as well um, to to flair, really. Um, so I guess that's that's a bit of a flavour of how I got here in terms of how that journey's looked. That's been around, um, as I said, working in a more kind of corporate career within early talent, but also doing lots of volunteering with young people, particularly in the last few years in London with um, young people from North and Northeast London. And Annie, is yours a similar story? Yeah, so I think um, volunteering and young people have always been a big part of my life as well. Um, my parents met volunteering and uh, and I think it's been a huge part of, of who I was taught to be as a young person as well and something I've always really enjoyed. Um, and then I had a slightly different career path to Izzy. Um, I currently work in the third sector for, for a large charitable organisation and I think seeing the kind of work they do helps us with Flair, but also like fulfills me in a, in a different way. And I think Flair is a huge part of my life. And what's great is being in the charitable sector. I get to pursue what I, this entrepreneurial side maybe, um, as well. And they're super supportive of that. So that's really fantastic. 
Great. Annie, let's stay with you for a second. Have you got a mentor, whether that's formally or informally? Are there people that you look up to to give you advice throughout your career? Um, I think I think actually Izzy might be a better pick for this question. I don't have uh, a mentor. Maybe Izzy's my mentor. Um, but <laughs> I think <laughs> there are definitely people I look up to um, in the sector that I'm in. And one of those people is um, a head of a charity that I volunteer for working in prisons, um, Sarah Turby. She set up the charity um, over 25 years ago, and she's an incredible woman. She actually just got nominated for an OBE, um, and she's amazing. The, the energy she brings to everything is um, just sensational. But she's not an official mentor. She's just someone I really look up to and who's doing right. incredible work. And what about you, Izzy? Yeah, I, I've i been very lucky to have a number of mentors, um, most of whom it's been quite organic. I've just met them and we've shared something of interest and they've kind of, I suppose, offered to mentor me or maybe as I've grown up a bit, I've, I've asked. Um, one story that maybe I could tell quickly is about someone who I actually met on a train on the way to Bristol when I was at university there. I was going back one Monday morning for lectures after a weekend at home. I don't think I was feeling particularly excited to be going back to Ramey, Bristol for a lecture. And I bumped into someone who I'd never met who said, oh, I actually um, am involved with the publishing firm who published that book and I was reading a massive anthology that lots of the English literature texts are written in and he said oh actually um yeah I I actually run that that publishing agency and I'm actually going to do um, a talk for some of the students because I'm an alumni here I'm going to the specific road in Bristol is that where you're going? Because you seem to be an English student going back for a lecture. And I said, oh, that is where I'm going. Um, and I mean, didn't think too much about it other than, you know, he said, oh, do you want to share a cab? And I said, that would be amazing. Obviously, I'm on a student budget. You're clearly not. I didn't say that. But anyway, uh -huh. long story short, we still keep in touch now. He's an amazing person who is wise um, to the nth degree and obviously just has a lot of insight into the creative industries, but also um, does a lot in terms of government for education and in the arts. And um, actually in recent years is training to be an uh, executive coach himself. So yeah, he's someone I keep in touch with regularly. And then there's been a few other mentorship programs and things like that, um, which I've been lucky to be part of. So yeah, I guess one thing I'd always say to people is like use LinkedIn, look out on what's coming up now on your Instagram feed and um, stuff like that, because there's a few different opportunities I've had for to meet mentors even just on a one-off that have been through that. And when you're surrounding yourself with colleagues or with people that you're looking to collaborate for, what sort of people are you looking for, Izzy? Is there a certain commonality between the sort of people you like to work with? Mm. Well, that's a good question. I think to start with, I love people who are ready to just jump in and give something a go. I'm definitely someone that believes that you can think loads about a plan to begin with, but then you do just have to start somewhere. One of my favorite phrases is done is better than perfect. And 
I know some people don't love to work like that. Whereas I think uh, particularly with the work that we're doing with Flair, there is inevitably always going to be a certain amount of unknown because you're working with real people and you're working with young people. But also there's just so much value that can be gained out of partnerships and people saying, you know what, I'd love to get on board. Let's think about how we can work together. And I think then that feeds into the fact that actually being able to be really collaborative with people that you meet and say, oh, this is what I do listen and understand what they do and then think actually where are the synergies here where can we help each other and create great results much like we're doing with you at rocket great nice answer in terms of professionally what would you say you're both known for annie let's come to you first what are you known for in terms of the work that you do and how you are how you like to be dealt with and how you deal with people yeah um of course so this is actually one of our one of our friends who has helped us out um with some of the work that we do described us both as uh as different a different analogy so she said i'm a builder and izzy's a runner just like izzy has said in terms of jumping in and getting things done i think i'm maybe the opposite end i'm quite analytical i like to get lots of things together in my work uh, professionally I'm a researcher and I've always worked as a researcher so a lot of my time is spent gathering facts and putting everything together and trying to build a, a, the perfect thing which I think is actually why Izzy and I's skills complement each other so well because Izzy's running when I'm and I'm pulling her back but then she's pushing me forward so we're constantly yeah. in that um it's quite a good synergy but I think I'm much more of that oh trying to make it perfect trying to get everything right and Izzy pushes me to be, let's let's do it. But then I also pull her to say, let's fine tune some things. So a lot of the work that we do behind the scenes is is us. Um, yeah, that that nice balance, sort of seesawing between the two. Nice. And I'll um, jump in and say that without Annie, we wouldn't have a website, for example, because I'd have gone off and decided that what we needed to do is build something in Web three in space, which ultimately would never have worked either. So, um, yes, there's a there's a lot of. I feel like Annie's the the yin to my yang. So you complement each other. That's nice. And that's good to hear. And that's probably why you're a successful partnership. Um, Izzy, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Mm. It's a tough question. It is a tough question. I mean, somebody actually, a cool lady who I know from the corporate world said to me once, you are creative and don't lose that because that can in many ways be what marks you out when you're working with you. So I think that's something that I've always tried and tried to hold on to. Um, I suppose with Flair, the kind of creativity that comes through is is a given because we are we are kind of developing it and building and growing it every single day. I think the other thing I'll come back to is done is better than perfect i like that one nice okay and then final question for this section how do you feel about switching off are you any good at switching off is it something uh that you're are you those annoying people that check your emails on holiday yeah what do you do to switch off annie let's start with you (laughs) well it's funny you say that because i'm actually on holiday right now and um, <laughs> so I've run away from my friends and uh, I'm I'm recording this podcast. So maybe you could say no, not excellent at switching off. 
But I think for me, it's more about prioritizing and again, like really open communication. So me and Izzy saying to each other, I can't do this or you need to pick this up whilst I can't because there's obviously lots of balls in the air all the time. And I think I'm quite good at switching off when when I do have the space to. But I think the thing is that flair really excites me and I really enjoy doing it. So there is a lot of like, oh, I do want to be doing that um, as well. So sometimes it's like, if I want to do it, then um, I still should. I get you. And Izzy, what about you? Um, I would say... I mean, I can't lie. I definitely am one of those annoying people that checks my emails on holiday. Um, But I'm not that good at switching off, but I never have been. So I I don't think it would be correct to blame that on flair or my job or any other parts of my life other than just my personality and possibly having two parents that I don't think I've ever seen sit down. Um, (laughs) So um, Annie's laughing because she, she can probably testify. I think for me, though, I am quite regimented and I'm quite focused on doing the things that switch me off. But I wouldn't necessarily call those off things. So I love to run. I love to walk. I like to um, do like Pilates and yoga and yeah, be outside and moving around. And I do make sure and I really am quite yeah, I, I do make sure that I carve that into my day basically every single day, even in a small way. I have been known to do a yoga class at the back of a plane before because they we were sitting on the runway for a couple of hours. So I thought it's a good time. Yeah. So it's just, I suppose, doing that because that's what helps me focus. Other than that, I yeah, I'm not big into TV and things like that just because I find myself really distracted. So I'm still here with Izzy and Annie. We're going to talk about flair now. Um, I know a little bit, but I don't know as well as you guys. Tell us about flair in a nutshell. What's the offering? What is it you guys do? Um, who wants to jump in? Annie, why don't you start? Sure. Um, so flair is a community interest company. And what we are is we're a social organisation. We're all about supporting young people. And our, you know, our core mission is to enable access to creative opportunities for young people. So we want every young person in the country to be able to access creative opportunities and find success for themselves. What does that look like? Um, in reality, uh, we work with young. Currently, we work in North London, but you know, we're looking to work with everybody, um, and we work on outreach programs so we started um izzy started flair in 2022 uh working with a pupil referral unit in north london um and a pupil referral unit for those that don't know is a school for young people who've been excluded from mainstream education and working with them to create enterprise and entrepreneurship programs so we developed a model that now is our set program and it's a it's a brand collaboration entrepreneurial 12-week program for young people so what that looks like is um collaborating with an innovative fun creative brand and young people from a variety of backgrounds getting to explore their creativity but also learn about the you know plethora of different jobs out there um that aren't necessarily office based or 
nine to five and a more entrepreneurial enterprise focused and getting a tangible outcome for them. So a product or a service that they co-create for the end of the program they sell. And a a huge part of this for us is that the young people get to earn for their work um, so that we pay them uh, a salary and they earn profits from their sales. But yeah, that's like our main big offering, but we also provide a bunch of other services. I don't know, Izzy, if you want to jump in here. Yeah, sure. I think the thing I need to kind of run through in detail our programs, but one of the things that really, I guess, harks back to our mission is the fact that we as Flair are very much looking to be that bridge um, between young people, brands, businesses and community. So we are really looking for those kind of I suppose creative slightly out of the box ways of bringing young people on a journey to like developing the types of skills and networks that they might not have opportunities or indeed the inclination to go and develop if they have been kicked out of mainstream school or that, you know, education is not currently for them. So from that perspective, it's also about really bringing those kind of businesses and brands on that journey. How do we help those businesses and brands who are connecting with young people tell those stories, tell those stories through their own employees, through their people strategies, through their branding, their marketing, um, and the ultimately that collaboration with young people. Um, and so, yeah, building on the programs piece, we do really look to um, and are looking increasingly to do some more kind of outreach consultancy and um, I suppose youth advisory podcast type offerings where we are, again, bridging that gap between young people and these creative out of the box thinking employers, founders and entrepreneurs. And what have been some of the greatest successes, Izzy? Um, is there a is there a particular person or a particular program or a particular example that you want to cite to bring to life the impact that Flair can have? The other day, one of the young people in a youth hub in North London where we're running a 12-week program with a well-known dessert company who actually started their lives on Dragon's Den and um, have since really made it big um, in in that industry. One of the young people on that program said, I wish I could do this every single day after a session. And to me, that's what we're all about. It was really special to see her say that and genuinely mean that she'd had the most amazing time just in that hour and a half that we'd been with her. And that's, you know, not even having seen the final output of that program where they're building a merchandise line for the brand who they're working with. That's fascinating. And why do you think young people, because one of Flair's offerings is making young people heard and young people listened to. Why do you think that's so important? Is it because they're not? Is it because they're marginalised? Or is it because people look to target audiences with bigger brush strokes so no one's listening? Why, Why is it so important for young people to be heard? I might jump in through, I know I've just spoken, but I might jump in just around, I suppose, some of the genesis of flair because I don't think, yeah, I think you're right that like there are kind of big brush strokes taken. And that was one of the perspectives that I had when working and volunteering with young people who'd been excluded from mainstream education. Meanwhile, leading early talent 
teams from a corporate point of view, it became really clear that the way and what young people who were looking at going into corporates were looking for was totally different from what young people from some of the um, backgrounds and experiences who I was volunteering with were looking for, and also what these different types of young people enjoyed. And that was very much kind of where Flair started, I suppose, thinking about how we could bring some of that more alternative way of thinking about the future to life. But Annie, uh, you might want to jump in. I just thought I'd go back to the beginning on that. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think it's obviously... Um, for us, like you said, that's how it started. And I think that's so important. But I think more generally, young people in this country do feel disenfranchised. And I do think that they feel that they're not heard and that um, older generations maybe dismiss their views and feelings on things. And I mean, if you look to the Times Commission on Education, it said that the education system is failing one third of all students in the UK, which is just you know, a horrendous number of young people Mm. to be failed by the system. And young people have so many thoughts and feelings and ideas on how to change things. And they have no, they have very few ways that they feel that they can make change. So I think with what we try to do is is make them feel heard and have the confidence to suggest and, and change things. Because I think also that's something that they can take into their own lives personally, you know, in the little things, but also for the wider context, um, you know, hopefully our young people can go out there and feel like they can make a difference in terms of education. Because also these aren't things that kids are learning. They're not learning about enterprise. It's not on the curriculum. They're not learning how to write emails. They're not learning how to do anything that, you know, people need skills that are needed these days for the modern workplace. And where else are young people? I mean, you've mentioned podcasts. Everybody will mention social media. Where are young people right now? And where are Flair right now? And where are Flair going? What What's next? So I think one place that we haven't cracked that young people are is Discord um, and gaming. I think there's a lot of young people there. Um, but also what we really find where Flair is and where young people are is in you know, in real life, off of the internet, um, in youth hubs is somewhere that we've been working more and more and seeing that, you know, how communities come together and also how young people like to socialise. Obviously, a lot of that is online, um, but also post-pandemic, how young people are coming back to these community spaces and how they've changed and how things have changed for them but these spaces are so vital for young people, particularly if they um, have and don't have a great relationship with education or with school. Uh, they, this is a safe space for them to go. And I think that that's so important for us is also, you know, promoting youth hubs and community spaces and making sure that these places stay alive because they're a real lifeline for lots of young people. There was actually a really interesting piece of research done by Channel 4 um, 
earlier this year called Generation Z. And so it was very much focused around young people from the UK, hence not Gen Z. But it was all about the fact that actually when you're looking at the data and you are really trying to get under the skin of what it is that young people, particularly underrepresented young people, those from, um, you know, experiences and educational backgrounds that might not have been serving them, then actually you see that there is much less sort of, I suppose, they're not just totally engrossed by the internet and actually they are turning back to, like Annie said, like community and kind of face-to-face things, which is what we're seeing when we're going into, you know, the youth hubs that we're in at the moment and we have 10 spaces to run a 12-week program and we're now running that 12-week program with 20 young people. So we've automatically doubled what, what we expected just by virtue of having so many young people really, really interested in there in the room saying, can we take part? And how are you driving growth in Flair? Are you constantly out meeting people? Are you looking to talk to commercial brands? Are you looking to talk to education establishments? Who is it you're looking to talk to in order to grow the Flair offering? Let me start with the blue sky thinking and then Annie can maybe provide more more tangible details around what we're doing you, now. So, easy. You you run easy and then Annie can build after. Exactly. So yeah. let me run. If Stormzy's listening, I have been talking about you being involved for really since Flair Day One. Um and I think the the other brand that in future would be the dream to work with are Nike. It would be the most incredible opportunity and privilege for us to be able to create a line of Flair, Nike, Air Max, Air Force, whatever they are, and actually again elevate the opportunities that we can give to young people to that level because that is a brand that they we literally nearly talk about every single session as you know do you prefer nike or adidas do you prefer you know nike or whatever it is or have you thought about how nike did their logo because that's a brand that's so known and loved by young people which is why it's so i suppose important for me um to always come back to that dream because i think if i just say it enough times maybe one day i'm going to get out there and find someone from nike and say hey can we work together can we collaborate can we make something amazing for you but also make something amazing for these young people with flair yeah nice annie how does the build happen? How do you get there? Yeah. So, um, at, you know, as you sort of alluded to in the question, there is a lot of meetings. There's a lot of chance happenings. There's a lot of us just really loving it and talking about flair all the time to everybody that we know and anybody who will listen. Um, and, you know, a lot of that is outreach. So we're talking to schools, we're talking to people, referral units, we're going into youth hubs from that perspective. But then on the brand side, you know, we actually met Rocket, you know, at YMS. So going to events like this, we have a couple of friends who we were put in touch with in Cambridge um, called Inspire to Ignite. They're great. And they've invited us to um, this amazing conference next week called Anthropy 23, which is going to be at the Eden Centre and Eden Project. Project. I was like, sorry, (laughs) the Eden Project. And, um, you know, that's the kind of place where we're just super excited to be networking and talking to as many brands and corporates and interesting, influential people to see how they might be able to help us 
Um, and yeah, sometimes it's us walking into shops and saying, we love what you do. You're a cool, independent brand. Would you be interested in helping some young people out? And oftentimes people are really generous and say, yes, of course, what can I do? Um, so that's how, you know, a lot of the partnerships that we have had have just been from really organic conversations. Uh, and also Izzy doing a lot of on the ground work, just chatting to everybody. Um, so, yeah, we, we're quite there's a lot of time spent plugging what we do and talking to everybody. But, you know, that comes with so many learnings for us as well, which is really helpful and then leads to more connections. It's a continual cycle. I think actually, sorry, just quickly to add on, I think on the growth point as well, it's also about we are here, as I said, to be that real enabler and facilitator for young people. But actually, if you're thinking about our stakeholders, that's also the brands and the businesses. How can we make this as valuable and impactful for them as it can be as well? So we're also love having those conversations because that sparks new ideas about growth and ways that of working with other people and being really, I guess, agile and creative um, is also something that we find we get out of all of those conversations. And what can brands do? How, how could they get involved? Is it like this dessert brand that you mentioned earlier whereby they can create a product line is it a workshop is it to get some insight into young people what are the things that brands can do once they have access to the young people that you can work with them on I think it's all of the above, really. So you're right. Our kind of core offering is that 12-week program, which we very much look to make bespoke and tailor according to the brand or business who we're working with. Um, Again, the idea being that that can be a really immersive, impactful experience for them and their employees, for their people, and also get that product or service or whatever it is out there in order that they can tell the most incredible story. This is about bringing together that whole thing around CSR and corporate citizenship, but actually thinking, right, there are also enormous, you know, pressures on marketing teams to show that they are really delivering on that ESG strategy that was put in place. So how do we make that all really authentic and make it real for our people? How do we engage our employees through all of these um, kind of ESG, CSR initiatives and targets that we as a big organization or a small organization have? So I think that program piece can be really, really flexible for the individual brand or business, even though that's our kind of core offering. And ultimately what that means is we can have a good idea coming in of what will and won't work from a young people's perspective. So we can tailor as much as possible to the brand or business that we're working with. Annie, do you want to pick up on the things beyond the programmes? Yeah, of course. So I think, as Izzy alluded to earlier, we also offer like a range of consultancy services and advisory services. And like you said, James, there's um, a lot of really interesting things that can benefit both brand and young people. So there's a whole host of other activities that we help facilitate workshops Um podcasts we also have been you know helping some brands design their own work experience how to make that super meaningful um how 
what a potential youth advisory offering might look like so that young people can give their input to brands and businesses and the businesses obviously um if that's an audience that they're looking to or they want to be authentically a young brand for example that might be something that they're interested in but i think there's what we're what flair is always about is making sure this is high impact for young people so these sessions are never designed to be like oh this is benefit only for one party we always want to make it a really holistic cohesive activity but there's almost unlimited things that we that we could offer and i think that we're really agile and excited about designing new things and making it bespoke for different businesses because obviously brands and businesses all have different needs and different wants um and anyone who's excited about um helping young people we're excited to work with so we always try and fit what we can to them but that looks like a whole host of different things so what are the barriers to brands getting involved for everybody listening that's working at a brand um how how do they get involved financially is it on a hour basis is it on a program basis what are the barriers to them working with you and with the young people you have access to yeah absolutely good question although i would say once you started with flair it's never going to be a barrier it's always going to be a value add um from a yeah like you said james you summarized it well you can get involved with a program and i think depending upon the length and the scale of that um that would impact how much that costs but really our programs you know we are a non-profit so our programs basically are costed up at cost per head per young person um and then we work from there and from a and it's sort of anything else perspective. So when we're thinking about our other offerings in terms of consultancy, outreach, youth advisory, any talent advice, um, then that would be much more done on an hours basis. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. And I'm pleased I asked that question. Finally, in this section, what do you look for when you're looking for a new experience are you looking for the outputs are you looking for the brand are you looking for the experience itself or are you looking for the audience what starts that process i think interestingly for me anyway a lot of it is actually about the people um and kind of what what they can bring maybe that we don't have or the kind of how enthusiastic they are i think a lot of it comes down to really wanting to make it work and really wanting to have a positive impact and so i think the people drive a lot of that but also again i think maybe that's the secondary answer is i think i'm always looking for that impact piece so any work that we do i'm always trying to think and we're we're always trying to think how is this positively impacting young people and and the output is very key there you know the outcome rather is is super super important um, I don't know, Izzy, if you look for something different, maybe. I think, again, I think it's the runner in the builder. Yes, I totally agree with everything Annie's just said. But I think for me, it's also about those people and I think brands and businesses who are ready to come on board, because I think to a degree we're ready to go. Um, and there's so much 
opportunity that can be created between us and our partners for young people to have that impact. But I think what actually is super important is getting those key brands and businesses on board to say, hey, look, let's let's go and do this. So I'm still here with Izzy and Annie, and we're going to talk about some takeaways now that our audience can use and apply in their daily working lives, some rocket fuel. So let's go helicopter view for a second. Uh, Annie, let's come to you first. What do you know about young audiences and young people? What's the key thing that you think people should be aware of when thinking of young audiences? Such a great question. I just think there there's so many things. So trying to distill it into one, I I think a really, really important thing not to forget about young people is that they're in, they're super smart. And so there's so many and they have such a innovative way of thinking. So it's it's not to be too reductive in when you're thinking about young audiences. Um, because I think sometimes we pigeonhole young people and actually they're so creative and they're so um they're so intelligent and they pick up on everything even you know very very young kids i think it's so it's amazing what they what they understand of the world and what they're perceptive to uh i think that's really core is trying to keep that in mind and and always push they can they understand so much more and they think about things in such a different way that there's so much creativity to unlock there. Is he have you anything to come in with on that? Is there any one thing that you think people should know about young audiences? For me, I think it's that there is so much to be learnt from working with young people and that young people will teach you things and humble you and give you ideas in a way that talking about it and I suppose for want of a better word kind of you know getting involved from afar is not it's just not gonna cut it I think actually getting out there and meeting young people and understanding them and learning from them and having fun with them can only breathe a huge amount of positivity and probably ultimately growth to you as a person, as a brand, as a business. Um, I just think, yeah, young people are amazing and I love them. You've mentioned a sense of fun, Izzy. What else do you think is important to young people? I think a level of directness and being able to meet young people where they're at is really important. So like Annie said, not patronizing them, but also actually helping them to get to grips with the adult world. I think young people don't want to be taught by, I suppose, in kind of like quasi real ways, if they know that we all as adults go to work and get paid money. So that's why that's one of our core priorities with all of our flair programs, workshops, whatever we're doing with young people. It is about saying, okay, look, we are, we're meeting you where you're at. We are emulating real life. You know, it's, 
if I'm allowed to be on my phone, why can they not be on their phones? Um, therefore, I potentially need to think, okay, I'm not going to be on my phone now because I don't want, you know, this this room full of young people on the phone when someone's talking. So I think it's just, yeah, about being being really real and actually making that those future workplace skills and that transition into whatever it is they're going to do in their career is easy by making it real. And that's what we're all about. And Annie, what's going to change in the way that young people behave next? Is it going to be a new social media platform? Is it going to be a new behavioural trait? What's going to be the thing that will look at the change in their behaviour? So interesting, because I think already young people's each generation and even between like with inside generations you know you think about millennials and and gen z and gen alpha there are already so many different smaller subsections of that where change is happening and you can almost delineate it i think technology is a huge one and but i think connected to technology socializing and how young people interact with each other is changing and, and part of that is technology based um but i think yeah, it's going to be super interesting. And I think also there's probably a bit of a fallout from um, lockdowns and, you know, COVID and and how socialising for a lot of young people wasn't happening and, you know, obviously couldn't happen uh, for most people. So I think that, that that's going to change or we're already seeing changes in how young people are interacting with each other and with other people. I'm not sure. I don't know if I could tell you where it's going or what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, and I think technology is obviously a huge part of their lives already um, and a huge part of the working world and modern life. Um, so young people are already super adept and their skills, they, uh, they're very natural with technology. So I think that that's going to move in really interesting ways, particularly as Web3 grows and and technology changes. And let me open this up to both of you. Which brands do you think, or organisations, do you think get it right, and which get it wrong? You don't have to name names, but who who does that job well of engaging young people, and who do you think could do better work? I think the brands that do it well are all of those who are thinking outside the box in terms of how they run campaigns and getting young people involved in those um so i know that some of the big sports brands have done those to a degree um but i don't think there's enough of it and i don't think it's done on a regular enough basis or widely enough um so i without, I guess, naming specific names, I think there's been like a drop in the ocean there in terms of the potential that there is to actually really release that kind of innovation in terms of youth outreach. Um, And I think there's a huge amount of benefit to be seen on both sides there. And hopefully that's something we will see more of. I'm trying to think about, and I mean, I think again, so just really quickly in terms of who Mm. better, I think that's every brand has a story to tell. Every brand is trying to present a face to the world. And therefore, I think actually it's not specific, although Annie might 
say otherwise, but I think there are other, there is so everyone really could do better because I don't think anyone's doing this to the, its full potential. I don't think anyone is really, really capitalizing on the opportunity to draw these incredible synergies between creating and building these amazing opportunities and having this brilliant impact for young people meanwhile telling the most incredible story for your own brand and your own people so I think that's a massively untapped area that we're excited to be a part of good answer and then finally is there one takeaway for everyone listening? What's the one thing, whether it be part of our conversation that we've had or something outside of the conversation that we've had that you want everybody to go away with? Uh, let's go to both of you. But Annie, what's your one takeaway? I think it's something that Izzy kind of said, um, but that I know we, we, we both feel very passionately about. I think the big takeaway is that young people are amazing. Um and I think that they don't get enough credit and that everybody should be working with them and listening to them. And I think brands and businesses have a huge part to play in that. But so do so does everybody, you know, as individuals, how do we interact with the young people in our communities, the young people in our lives? You know, I think sometimes we feel um, you know, as adults that maybe we don't have that many connections authentically to young people but if you think about your wider community it's full of young people and there's always ways to get involved um but yeah i think it's just that they're amazing and and we should be uh we should be doing everything we can to make their transition into adult life easy but also their move into the you know the future um as smooth as possible nice is he one takeaway for everyone listening well i think it would be remiss to not say, obviously, Nike, Stormzy, or anyone equivalent listening who wants to get involved with Flair. I'm here for you. I'm just going to keep talking about it. So there's, I'm, I'm, I can't not say that, James. But no, I think the other thing, just really, I suppose to sum up what Annie just said, is we were all young once too. So yeah, how could we really, really make this amazing opportunity to bring young people on amazing journeys? Like, how can we make that real? Really good answer. And where can people get in touch with you and where can people find out more about Flair? So does our builder here want to introduce her beautiful website? <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we have a fresh, a, a brand spanking new website flare that's f-l-a-a-r-e dot org dot uk um we're also available on tiktok and instagram at find your flare again spelled with two a's f-l-a-a-r-e find your flare we're also on linkedin um i don't know if you do show notes james but yes you can put our emails in there we're very happy for everybody and anybody to contact us if you work with young people or in communities you think would benefit from this or if you work in brands and businesses and you'd love to get on board yeah. email us we're we're around yeah always available to talk brilliant <laughs> guys thank you so much for being this week's guests on rocket fuel i really appreciate your time thank you thank so you much for having us james so you found out a lot more about flair there 
F L double A R E. I think um, you enjoyed the chat if you're anything like me, because I think they were both really sparky. Um, we had a we had a leader and we had a visionary um, and we had somebody that makes the difference and does joins the dots if you like. Um, I think they were a really good example of how two people can work well together. Um, you can find out more about Flair by going to their website. You can give us any feedback at Twitter. We are Rocket. Uh, HQ, or you can find me directly on X, formerly Twitter, at James Erskine. Uh, tune in next week for another brilliant episode of Rocket Fuel. This is Rocket Audio.